You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and I want to thank you guys so much for listening. This is episode 15. Still brand new, but 15 episodes. I started this 15 weeks ago, putting out a new podcast episode every single week, sitting down with my friends in the music industry to share their stories behind the songs, behind the scenes with, you know, everything that's going on. And I can't wait for you to hear this week's episode with my longtime friend, AJ Cross. We're going to talk about how he got his start playing with his parents' gospel group in Oregon and how that, along with influences like Dirk Bentley and Blake Shelton, got him to move to Nashville. How when he moved to Nashville, he wrote two songs a day every day for two years. Think about that. Two songs a day every day for two years straight. And he did it with different songwriters every time. It's such an incredible story. We're also going to tell uh, the stories behind songs like You, Hearts, things that you've heard that he's put out already, and also some songs that he has yet to release but is working on, uh, along with you know what else he's been working on uh, over the last couple years behind the scenes and what is to come very soon. I can't wait for you to hear this. Here is my friend, great artist, great songwriter, incredible guy, AJ Cross. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Blair with another episode of Stories Behind the Songs, and I'm here today with AJ Cross. AJ, so good to have you, man. Good to be here, Chris. Let's, uh, man, th- let's go back to the beginning. I kind of start like this with every podcast um, sure. and just kind of walk us through uh, how you got into music in the first place. Um, so take us back to childhood, man. Shoot. Um, man, I, it, my mom always says basically that that I was singing before I could talk and it, it, it really is, uh, I don't know. I guess it's always just been in my blood. It's kind of just always been something that I've done. You know, I've had a lot of other passions over my lifetime, but none of them have ever been real, like, like the music passion. But, um, yeah, I guess I was playing with my little cars when I was like one year old or whatever, before I could talk. And I was just humming melodies I don't know, but, um, and, uh, my parents were in a gospel duo Yeah, as I was a kid and until I think I was probably about eight years old when they, when that fizzled out, you know, they, they decided, uh, they decided to buy a house and all <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, but I grew up in a minivan tour in the West coast, Washington, Oregon, California, uh, and, um, just sitting in the front pew at churches and little tiny venues basically and my parents were on stage as their gospel duo and you know it's it's just always been there for me yeah it's always been a thing that's just been a part of my life and my family's life so did you start uh more singing or more on the instrument side i started singing i guess (laughs) (laughs) Um, when i was three years old i was the lead vocalist on a national children's album um (laughs) that my mom that my mom produced and i don't you know it's it's i've just always sang i guess yeah uh when i was eight years old my parents always saw music as a gift for me or or maybe they forced it upon me because they were also musicians i don't know about that one but it it worked i guess but um i was eight years old and my dad started making me play bass guitar for an hour every single day uh and i remember hating it because i wanted to be out chasing chickens or whatever you know (laughs) yeah and um i would have to play bass guitar every single day (laughs) but looking back i appreciate it now and uh i think eight years old bass guitar i think i was 11 years old i saved up money and bought my own drum set uh I think it was a Tama. I can't remember what kind of drum set it was actually. But we had that thing in the house and that was probably fun, I'm sure. And then uh 13 years old, uh my birthday, uh I got this it was a magazine and I opened it up and you know, it was a wrapped up mag- guitar magazine and I was like, "Oh cool." And I like opened it up and 
my parents told me to look through it, and I looked through it, and there was a piece of paper inside of it, and it was a uh, picture of a really nice guitar. It was a, it was a Paul Reed Smith McCarty series guitar. Hmm. I was like, what's this? And they're like, that's your guitar. I don't remember if we had to go How pick it. How old were you? I was, <laughs> I was 13. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like a 2000 dollars guitar. Like yeah. things really nice. Yeah, they should have bought me a Squire. You know, for <laughs> nothing against Squires. There's some great Squires out there, but um, this this thing was nice for a first guitar, especially. But um, yeah, and so I just started playing guitar at that point too. So I kind of played every not everything, but a lot of things growing. Yeah, on. that's great. So you're multi instrument. Uh, side note. Um. I just pulled out my old drum set uh, that I had had in a storage unit for a long time with a buddy. Um, and I just pulled that out uh, a couple months ago and put it all back together. got new cymbals and all that for Jackson, my son, my five-year-old. Mm -hmm. So he's going through that right now. And oh, yeah, fun. It's uh, it's, it's a parent's dream, man. Yeah. Give your, give your kids a drum set when they're, when they're young. Give your kids an electric drum set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So you're learning to play all these, uh, all these instruments. You grow up in a van touring all this with, with your parents. Um, when, when was the trigger for you? Do you remember like when, like, you know, at that age, I'm sure it's uh, a lot of it is just like, hey, this is just what we do, right? Like, it's just you kind of like if you grew up in that, it's just like, you know, it's just normal. Yeah. When was that trigger of like, man, this is like, th this is like something in my blood that's like, I've I've got to do this. So walking through like the timeline of it, um, when I was eight, I was I had a friend who his name is Jacob. I haven't talked to him for a long time, but he was probably still is um just a prodigy guitar player um at the time he was probably eight years old also and he's playing crazy flamenco guitar just all over the neck like mind-blowing stuff and i was in a band with him and a couple other friends and um <laughs> i played bass and i sang and we were trying to play like punk rock christian music with a flamenco guitar player and it was <laughs> just a mess but that was i think yeah that was eight years old we played our first show we, our band was called the spares the, tell me about that the spares what, what, how'd you come up with that? because we were spared mm. uh we were spared by christ that's i love it dude i love it <laughs> yeah and also britney spears um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh we played we had a back deck and we played a show for our family on the back deck and you know, it was our first concert. Eight years old. You yeah. got a band. I love it. Dude. Yeah, it was great. Um, so that happened. And honestly, that triggered that triggered something. I don't know exactly what it was, whether it was something for the stage. You know, mom and dad are out there cheering us on, and that was a big deal. Um, it was just music. It just triggered music for me, like that, I guess, that band and that feeling. Um, and I did a lot of experimenting after that. I was in, I got into rap. I got into real hardcore metal. I was in a bunch of metal bands for a little while. Um, you had really long hair, didn't you? Well, I, I had, I had, like uh, slicked back. The front like, was yeah. like this and the back was spiked up and I had a big bleach spot right there. Bro, there's got to be some pictures out there. Somewhere. I've got there's there's some pictures. I've got some recordings from the band, and we're actually not bad for kids. Yeah. Um, but I was in, I think four four different metal bands. Um, one of them being named Blood, Blood, and Blood, 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 and More Blood. <laughs> Just stuff, you know. Yeah. We played one show with that band. Uh, there's a couple other bands that we were we were really consistent and playing all around the kind of the west coast area yeah as kids you know uh it's it's too much it was a lot for my parents to try to keep up with and stuff but my mom was great about it and with with that kind of there's a lot of like kind of rebellious mindsets in that younger scene basically mm -hmm. and my mom was very good about that and saying if you want to have band practice like have it at our house and i'll make cookies and all that kind of stuff and so they put up with a lot through 
through all of that. But um, I made some great friends, met some really talented people who are still doing music today and in, in the metal world are crushing it, you know? Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, from a small town in Oregon, it's just funny to see that that, that style of music actually really did have an impact for uh, uh, there was a lot of people doing that kind of music. Yeah. You know? So you're, you're doing all this, you know, you're, you're, you're dabbling in a lot of different bands and you're having, mm -hmm. you're having a lot of fun. Um, I want to, I want to jump forward a little bit because I've known you for over 10 years. Yeah. Most everybody that's probably listening to this doesn't yet know who AJ Cross is. Sure. And that's why I wanted to sit down with you because you've got such an incredible story and I know the things that you've got on the horizon. Um, and I just can't wait to see all that blow up. So kind of walk me through, like, I want to, I want to get you to Nashville and then kind of talk about songwriting and the stories behind the songs and, okay. and the, the gist of what all this is about. Right. But I've heard you talk about, you would, you would like have these heavy metal punk bands and just like banging your head against the wall, like, you know, just, right. you know, and then you get in your truck and you drive home. And what would you with, listen to? With country music on. Yeah. And I didn't tell him that, uh, you know, I just love country music. It's just small town in Oregon. I, you know, I'm, I'm from a family of a bunch of, a bunch of cowboys and woodsmen, basically. So like, I mean, in my blood is survivalist, you know, it's like going out into the woods for, Bear girls, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's just survival stuff. You know, things living off the land is like it's just part of my family's lineage, basically stuff like that. So, um, I would get I would get into the into the car and listen to country music on the way home, and I just always love country music. Um, and the moment it clicked, though, I was fifteen years old, and there's a couple things we were playing before this. What kind of set it up? We were playing with a a show with a pretty big metal band. I'll say pretty big. I won't name any names. Um, and big stage, big festival, all this kind of stuff. And I, I noticed that they were still traveling in 15 passenger vans. I was like, uh, no, that's not for me. That's not the, the future I want is, you know, just, just roughing it yeah. in these vans. Um, and so it got me thinking, but then I was watching CMT videos one day when I was 15 and a uh, Dirk Bentley video came on. Um, the song. Got a guitar. Got a guitar on my back. You know that song? Yep. Um, I don't know. It just fed it my, just did it, it for you. It fed my soul, and yeah. I said, "I said, I said that I want to do exactly what he's doing." Yeah. Um. So I just really, I really dug into it. I wrote my first country song at that time. <laughs> Mom and I wrote my first country song together. The song was called "Lone Rider." We recorded it uh, with a friend named Matt, and I, I helped build a studio back home. My dad and I did, and it uh. In, in turn for recording time mm. um so i learned how to build studios yeah <laughs> man that's awesome yeah so uh so dirks kind of gets that shift uh and you're like okay country music is what i've got to do so yep. when did you decide hey i got to get out of oregon and get to nashville that's when i decided i wanted to get to nashville as when you heard when you when you started years old I okay was, I, i'm all in I'm yeah. all in country music. I love country music. I always have, always will. So you graduated <laughs> high school. Graduated you high school. Skip college and you get the school of hard knocks in the country music college. I went to you... I went to work at a restaurant back home. Yep. Uh, I worked there for quite a while, and then when I was 21 years old, I had saved up enough money, and I said, "Okay, it's go time." Get in my truck, drive to Nashville. Broke down three times. Alternator. This issues. is the white Chevy, right? Yeah. 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 I still got it. Yep. <laughs> it's my baby. I'm trying to fix it right now. Yep. Over and over and over again. <laughs> I know. That thing's a it's it's a classic though, man. I so, love it. Yeah. OBS Chevy's is one of my passions too. Doesn't this doesn't Dirks have a truck just like that? Dirks and I literally have the exact same truck. Yeah. That's that's why I've done a few mods to mine to change it a tiny bit. Cause it was so exactly the same. 
that I was like, I, I was like, this is just awkward. Like, I feel like people like wave at you thinking you're Dirks. Dirks, Dirks and I would like, we'd pull up at like stoplight a couple times next to each other. Windows go down. Nice truck. <laughs> nice truck. Thanks, bro. Like, how many miles you got? Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, we like yell back and forth for a minute. Light turns green, go separate ways. That's, That's got to be full circle, though, man. <laughs> you're like pulling up in a truck that obviously you both love. And the guy that shifts your heavy rock to country music and gets you to move to Nashville is like, yeah. you're like talking at a stoplight. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it was kind of weird. That was the the first time was kind of weird. The second time was like it was like okay, this this might keep happening, uh, and that hasn't happened since then. <laughs> I parked his. Well, maybe maybe he'll listen to this. We'll tag we'll tag Dirk Bentley in the uh, in the liner notes, and uh, <laughs> I love it. Hopefully he listens, and maybe you guys can do a duet with your trucks. Yeah, I parked his car one time too, or his family's car, not the truck. Yeah, but uh, I did, I was valet Parker, so I don't know Dirk. So I just have these little interactions, but the truck was a. Uh, the truck was a cool one. Yeah. I was like. So you're you're here in Nashville. You break down three times coming here. What do you do? Uh, one of the times, you mean, what do I do in Nashville? Yeah, once you got here, like, the, okay. the, I want, what I'm getting at is, like, I, I think it's incredible, especially for all the songwriters that are listening out there. Yeah. Like, what dedication and, like, passion and work ethic it takes. Like, this is not an easy industry right like it's so hard and there's no yeah. crystal ball or like um that it, it's music i say this all the time but music is subjective so you can work so hard but because of all these execs and now all these decision makers in the music industry you you can't get to that next level that easily without full support of the whole team right yeah so you get here and you did what not many people do and you wrote how many times for how long um i wrote two songs a day for two years uh every single day different co-writers every song so i tried to book two writes a day um and i did it you know i if if i couldn't book a co-writer whatever i would i would try to finish the song myself you know just um and i didn't go to college just because of music i I knew music was what I was supposed to do, so yeah. Uh, my parents were full support. They my but my dad basically said, "Hey, like, if you're not going to go to college, he's like, he's this is what I need you to do. I need you to get four types of jobs: a service industry job, a blue collar construction job. Um, I don't remember the other two, but I think I did them. Anyways, but he said." And then when you get to Nashville, I need you to put yourself through your own music college. He said, because you're not going to school, you have to do it yourself, basically. So um, my dad's a very wise man. Yeah. Very wise man. He knows me. Shout very, out to Ted. He knows me very well. So, yeah, shout out to shout out to Ted. Yeah. Ted is my dad. So, um, I mean, let's let's sit on that for a little bit. There's the train. We knew it was going to come. We are in a studio. Shout out to my buddy Brandon Metcalf, yeah. who uh, is letting us uh, come. And uh, we got into the studio. You're, you're recording today. And um, we got to get into a studio a little early and, and knock this out. But there's a train track right behind us. And we're not going to edit it. We're just going to leave it in there because it's uh, nostalgia. It's kind of cool. It's Nashville. Um, Love the train. So, yeah, I want to sit on that for, for songwriters because... Like most songwriters, when they move to Nashville, they're they're out networking if they're doing what they need to do, right? They're out networking, they're meeting people, they're playing writers rounds, um, you know, things like that. How many people do you know of that even write one song a day every single day? And you wrote two songs a day every day, one on Sunday mm -hmm. for two years straight, and. Most songwriters have kind of this tribe that they build, which I know along the way in the in the later parts of that, and now you kind of have this little tribe that you ride a lot with. But to to make that the goal is to sit down with all of these different writers, whether they're like you and new to town, or whether they're a guy like Mark Irwin that's got you know hits and and is writing with guys like you. That is that is incredible, dude. Like. That that is that is something that most people don't do, and it's just a testament to like your passion and work ethic. Mm. Yeah, and 
I mean, I can't say. I, I, f- I feel like it was right for me. Everybody has a completely different path sure, that yeah. they need to follow, you know, um, and that they will follow, obviously. But for for what I did, it, it you know, like it's a muscle. Like songwriting is it's a it's a creative muscle, if you will, and to stay fresh and on top of yourself is the hard part. Mm. It's to not write the same thing over and over, you know. Yeah. Like, like water bottle. You know, and then you could write water bottle into ten songs, but then you're just repeating yourself. Like the next time you want to look at that water bottle and say, okay, what else could that water bottle be? You know, coffee cup. I don't know. You know, just whatever. Yeah. Like little changes that that help that help push you. I I'm I'm very uh, I'm very logical with the way I think. And so it, it's kind of harder for me to get creative and break into these like different areas. I love writing with people with ADHD <laughs> because they go, ooh, ooh, like this. You know what I mean? And they start they start finding all these cool like different like little like just directions you can yeah. go basically. I'm like that train out there. I'm just like <clears throat> straight through. So I yeah. love being able to branch off. And that's that's really I think two songs a day for two years i think that's what i mainly learned out of that other than like you know song structure and stuff you learn to you learn to build a structure just so you can break it you learn how to break it you yeah learn, learn how to break all the things you would learn in school you learn how to do it your own way you know yeah so good man yeah, yeah. so that's that's some of the stuff that i learned a lot of I learned a lot of relationship stuff, relationship stuff along the way. Obviously, um, I, the best networking I did was at writer rounds, and I would get these rounds booked at these little, little tiny venues, basically. And um, and it, it's my my thing was like always new people, new mm. people, you know, write with new people, ask new people to be in the round with you. Because then they're forced to listen to five of your songs and learn actually who you are a little bit. And you can also decide if you think you'd be a good fit to write because you hear five of their songs or yeah. four of their songs, whatever, you know? Yeah. So I did I did that a lot. I think you're really good at that. I've seen you, like, you can you can be watching TV or a movie or something, and it's like there's that line, something hits you, and you're, like, pulling out your phone and taking a note. It's like, ooh, there's a, there's yeah. a hook. Yeah. Dewey Cox, he's like, walk hard. <laughs> yeah so you That's got uh you, you know you're 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 knocking out literally hundreds of thousands of songs uh when you when you first moved to town you also um you also wanted to know what life was like on the road so you took a job uh out on the road with a with a big country star yeah i had i had uh i had quite a few different jobs in nashville i was uh valet um i was a bouncer down at winners and losers um which is for people listening who don't know that's it's owned by george Strait's manager it's kind of like the the local the local hang the local yeah. hang which was is, just there last week really yeah, yeah it's it's a good spot it's kind of turned into a, a crazy mess in midtown there but um on the weekends i should say but yeah i did security there for about a year i was a plumber um i was a plumber for about shoot a year also and um the the owner of the plumbing company gave me a job because he was a songwriter too and he's like hey you need a job i got a job for you so i was like okay so i learned how to be a plumber um i was always really good at construction and just things with my hands basically and uh i did that for a year or so and um i writing songs after work every day and on the weekends and stuff and trying to trying to juggle that you know it was really busy but um <laughs> yeah i got i was down i was literally down in a big septic tank <laughs> up to my knees and uh i got a phone call and i had my phone in my pocket i don't know why i did <laughs> down in the yeah, yeah, tank. yeah but I, I answered the phone and it was my buddy chris and chris Chris is also from Oregon. He's a front of house guy. He's uh he's a sound guy. And um 
he called me and he's like, Hey man, it's the artist was Tracy Lawrence. He was with, and he's like, Hey man, we need a, we need a stage manager and, and a tech. And I think you'd be really good for the job. So I climb out and I told my boss and he's like, well, and I was, I said, Oh, I said, that sounds awesome to Chris. I said, I said, that sounds great, man. When do you, when do you need me? And he's like, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> so I climb out. I'm like, Hey boss, uh, I just got this opportunity. And he's like, go. He's like, you didn't move to Nashville to be a plumber. And shout out to JT. Um, thank you for that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a that's that, that's great. That so really it got the ball rolling on music and uh yeah, so I was out there for shoot, three years or so and you know, every weekend playing different all over the country. Yeah. On the bus. Just an amazing experience learning about that life. And I really I really tried to take everything to heart because like as an artist I don't want to just sit back and wait for the opening act to finish their set and then walk off the bus and go play my show and then go back to my bus. I don't want to do that. Like I want to be a part of everything, you know? Yeah. Um, so I mainly that's why I was excited to take that job because I learned all the behind the scenes. I was the only tech for all the instruments. So usually a, a, um, a band or a, a singer or whatever has a guitar tech, a drum tech, a keyboard, yeah, you know, utility tech. Um, so I was the whole full stage tech, full stage manager. And I just, I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot about working in the Texas heat and all that kind of stuff. And it was great. And also yeah. about, about, you know, what it's like to be around a superstar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that was that was a great that was a great experience in my life. This episode is brought to you by Brit Skin Beauty. Located in the beautiful Indulgence Medi Spa in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Brittany is the go-to esthetician for facials, dermaplaning, microdermabrasion, waxing, lashes, and any skincare products and consultations. So many people in the music industry use her frequently, and her work speaks for itself. To schedule your next consultation or make an appointment, visit BritSkinBeauty.com or send an email to BritSkinBeauty at gmail.com. So you get a phone call that pulls you out of the, literally, the 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 crap, literally. <laughs> yeah, boom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so okay, so that's a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a twenty minute background, I guess, or so of how you got started, got to Nashville writing. Sure. Um, you know, just kind of did all these jobs to to learn and all of this kind of thing. Um. And then you you kind of shift, you get off of the road uh, and you're you start to focus more on you as an artist yeah. and you're writing more for you. So let's talk about um, the story behind a song. Um, right. So whatever whatever song you want to do, but let's peel back some layers and let the listeners kind of know a little bit more about what it is that AJ Cross is like in that head of yours when you're creating a song. Man, when when I'm writing a song, like I'm trying to think. There, there's a hundred things you're trying to think at the same time. Like honestly, you're trying to. You're trying to think for yourself, but you're also. You're also trying to move forward with everything you do too, and be creative. With the with the lyric, with the melody, with the cadence of things. Uh, with the music you know if you're playing guitar piano whatever writing it on the guitar piano trying to maneuver just a little bit differently um so what's one of the but, songs that like that you feel like really touched you in a, in a way that you like that did that you know where it's like you're writing songs still for other people right but like like a song that you're you're like man this is like this is this is a mine like this is a song that i want to I want to do as an artist. I want to. I want to put out to the world. The, f the man, it's it's so hard because there's a lot of songs that yeah. are that are you know babies of mine. Yeah, and I just love them all. Um, the the first one, 
the first one that I wrote, I'll just give you a little preview of it here. Is the first one that I wrote that really like really stuck with me in my soul. We wrote the song. It was Jeff Anderson, Derek Hampton, and I uh, at Jeff's studio in Bellevue. And we wrote the song. The song's called Hearts Don't Really Break. Mm. Yeah, I love the song. Um, and it's the first song that I've ever played that people said, wow. It's the first song that I wrote that I think I said, wow. But the, thing, the funny thing is, is like we wrote this song, a completely different song. And then after we finished writing the song, we did a work tape of it and everything. Derek goes, guys, what if we, like, changed it? And we were just like, what? Like, you know, what? And he's, and the song is called Hearts Don't Really Break, which is a lie. Because hearts do break, you mm -hmm. know? And he said, what if we started saying things like, the sky ain't blue, the grass ain't green, and like the whole song, and then like the riff came out. I don't have my pick. So like the riff happened, and Derek's lyrics just kind of fell into place. I, I think I think I came up with that riff, actually. But the lyric is, The sky ain't blue, the grass ain't green, the moon don't shine, and church bells don't ring, the wind don't blow, and the birds don't fly. Yeah, you ain't gone. I don't cry The goodbye that you never said Ain't running circles in my head Yeah, maybe I would be alright If the truth was all a lie You get into the chorus, which is Like God don't really save And the ocean doesn't make waves I don't feel no pain The world don't really turn And fire don't really burn and hearts don't really break. Mm. The whole song is a complete backwards yeah. lie. Yeah. It's the first one that, I don't know, that, that just really was just like, it's just like, man, that's just like different and cool and special yeah. and it's pretty and, you know? Yeah. And um, the guy that brought me to town, um, what happened was, Tim Johnson, Tim Johnson, Clay Mills, James Dean Hicks, they came to Oregon, to my little town, and they put on a a little two-hour-long writer's round, a little conference kind of thing, if that's the right word for it, um, at one of my local schools in the auditorium, just explaining Nashville and songwriting. And Tim Johnson... Um, he passed away from cancer, but mm -hmm. he, uh, he was a really influential man in Nashville. He wrote, yeah. he wrote some amazing songs, some amazing, like big hits. And, um, my mom contacted him since he was in town and said, Hey, I need to, we need to talk to you. My son, I think I was 18. I think I was 18 at this point. Um, my son is, wants to do country music and wants to move to Nashville. And so Tim's like, yeah, I'll meet with you for, you know. A little, little bit of time, like sure, because he's already in Nashville. He doesn't need to meet with somebody in Oregon to yeah. be like, be like, okay, you suck or whatever. Yeah. Um. So we met at uh, we met and we were just gonna talk for a little bit. We ended up talking for like I I think it was like six hours. Wow. And and he said verbatim, this is what he said. Okay, I I uh, <laughs> he he said he said vocally he said. I think you're in the top 2% of people in Nashville, which just for him to say that 
that really hit it home for me that like, okay, I, I have to move to Nashville. So he said, you have to come to Nashville, come for a couple weeks, experience the city, experience the people, try yep. to learn a few things and go back home. Yep. And then if you can afford it, come out for another couple weeks or whatever. So I came out a couple times, visited, uh, didn't learn much because of Broadway and things, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. You know, not that I was in the bars drinking and stuff because I was underage, but it was, I, you know, like I tell the story that I didn't know where to go when I moved to Nashville. I really didn't because I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't learn much when, yeah. I, when I came here. It was like, I don't know anything. So I came out and. When I finally moved here, it was just a, it was just a, such a big life change that it was like, just a mess for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just where, where do I go? Yeah. Who do I meet? So I, once I finally got my feet, I should say I started writing two songs a day once I finally got my feet under me a little bit. And, yeah. You know, learned about where other songwriters are even at. So, mm. um, I think I missed something there I was trying to get to, but. Oh, yeah. Tim Johnson. He said, Nashville doesn't need songwriters. Nashville needs song rewriters. Mm, that's so good. And when Derek said, let's write this song a completely different way from how we just wrote it, and we wrote the whole song as a lie, that was that was the first time that I put those two together. I yeah. was like, man, Tim's right. Tim's yeah. right. There's so many songs in Nashville that are written. And then just pushed to the side because they write a new one the next day when when that song really it just needed a tiny bit of love you know yeah so i i saw that that day that was that was a cool thing to experience yeah yeah and uh, you you've played that um you know tons of times at the listening room and it always gets a huge response and you you sing the crap out of it i mean it's just you're Tim was also right about your vocals. I mean, you just, you've got this incredible range and just, um, you know, it's just, man, it's just so good. Thank um, you, man. Thank you. So, yeah, you, let's, you want to, uh, you want to move into a different song? You want to talk about a, um, you know, a, another song that you're really proud of? And then I want to get to like kind of what's going on and what you've got coming out yeah. um, before we wrap it up. So, <sighs> yeah. The other song that I would probably want to play right now is called You. Um, it's I have it recorded. It's out on Spotify and everything, but I it's a it's a really weird tuning. I did take me it take me probably three minutes to get to it right yeah. now. So I like playing guitar in different tunings. Like as you can see right here, the capo's backwards. Yep. One two three, and it creates. Yep. That so you can. So you yep. can just mess around, you know, and play things different. Like, I've always liked that. So with that song, You, um, if you go listen to it online or whatever, the guitar is really, it's really, not, it's really it's beautiful. cool in it. Yep. And um, that's because I, I turned everything. <laughs> yeah. So I can't do it right now. But um, uh, a lot of songs for me start with riffs. I sat down with Michael Whitworth. Uh, to write our first song together and he goes like that and I'm like what was that that's cool and then we start doing this we moved it up there and we looked at each other and we we're like this is going somewhere and he goes hey <laughs> we start going hey Girl, when you're looking that way, you make me going straight, try my jaw, slip and fall. You're putting down what I'm tripping on. It's all you, girl, you got it all. And you got me thinking, like, oh my, how come a country girl so fly? You're spending all of your time with me, we kicking it. I can't complain, cause I'm loving it. It's getting good, good as it gets. I got that, I got that mad love, mad love for you. Got it bad, yeah, so bad for you. Ain't a damn thing I wouldn't do for you. Act a fool for you, tattoo for you. Everybody else want what we got. 
Lay at the bottom while we hitting that tip top Every time you and I feeling that crazy high Girl, you know I got that mad love for you Yeah, man. Anyways, yeah. some songs just come out of the blue like that Yeah, Every song's so different Sometimes you have to, you have to write a song for 10 years sometimes And then yeah. some songs, just that song, we wrote that in like 30 minutes Yeah And I play it at every single show because it feels right Yeah such a good show, uh, such a good song. Um, I <laughs> want to talk fun. about uh, you a little bit too. I know uh, yeah. it's got all the crazy tuning, but I think it's cool knowing the story behind that, how you wrote that um, and it meant something so special to you at the time, um, but how a song can just completely change when you know seasons in life change. Yeah. So you wrote that before you met... Krista, your yeah. wife, yeah, and you loved the song then, but then you met her and was like, "Wow, this song was like written the for reason. her." She's the reason that I that I personally wrote the song. Yeah, I wrote it with uh, Mike Sprinkle and Mindy Campbell, and um, the song was recorded and by by other people, and I got phone calls from the biggest. I don't have any hits. I've never written, yeah. you know, yet yeah. I, I've I've never written a song that's that's gone to radio from a big artist or anything and um which is which is fine, you know. It's it's my it's my path, you know? Yeah. I write them every day, I feel like, and someday people are gonna hear them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But for now, I'm just writing songs. Um but that song, yeah, it's I, I got phone calls from a couple of the biggest artists in country music saying they wanted to record it. And it was recorded by one of them. And it never worked out for these people to actually record the songs, except for one of them, and for them to actually go to radio or anything. It just never worked out. Yeah. I, I just I knew that song was special and it had a purpose and and then I met my wife and I was like, Oh, for me, you are the reason I wrote this song. So mm. that that song is it's called You. It's on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard it. Listening. And you've played it at probably twenty different weddings yourself. And then it's I've played it at a ton of weddings for the first dance. It's 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 been really special. It's probably been played at fifty other weddings that I don't know about or yeah. or get tagged on you know, Instagram or whatever, and saying that, you know, just saying that, showing that they dance to the song. And it's yeah. just, it's so special to me. Yeah. You know, to write a song that impacts people like that. And yeah. That they feel love for each other, for the song, with the song or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sennheiser Microphones. When we first started this podcast, we were using some older microphones and Sennheiser came in and sponsored us and gave us some MK4s and 914s. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's made all of the difference in the world. We love these microphones. We use them at the listening room as well. And I just can't say enough great things about them. Go check out Sennheiser.com. If you are into music in any way, their microphones are hands down the best on the planet. Go check them out, Sennheiser.com. And thank you, Sennheiser, for the support and the sponsorship. We love y'all. So that's a couple uh, a couple stories behind some some great songs. Um, you have uh, you had some songs like that, like you and some things like that. Um, uh, it can wait. Um, Mm -hmm. uh dirt poor rich you, yeah. you put you put three uh songs out um and then you kind of took a step back um and i think this was like i know it was hard for you but i also think it was really smart because um you know you you wanted to focus on building everything around your brand and who you are and you as an artist versus AJ, the songwriter, right? Yeah. Um, and I know you, like like we mentioned earlier, you're going into the studio. Um, well, we're in a studio, but you're going to be recording um, vocals uh, later today. And yeah. you've got a project that you're work you've been working on behind the scenes, building the team and all of that. And I know you've got some, some great things coming up. Um, 
we talked a little bit before uh, we started today, and I know you don't have a specific date yet, but I, but it's I, I it, you can slap me if I'm not supposed to say this, but like I think it's within the next couple months or so that you're gonna start putting some stuff out, and then yeah, you know, and then uh, and and I want to talk about that too because I think it's cool that you've got some that are like full band um, radio ready songs, mm-hmm. and then you wanted to like just kind of give some of these songs that you've played in writer's rounds that's just you and a guitar and you're doing a little bit more than that yeah but you're just kind of like almost like the demo sessions where it's like a kind of an acoustic kind of feel which is really really cool yeah that that's what we're doing right now it's it's gonna it's they sound amazing where they're at you know and eric who's producing them um has the same vision of we're gonna keep them a little bit stripped down and Just, just yeah, just more stripped down. But he says everything's going to be done with a purpose, so it's going to be kind of like Sam Hunt's mixtape stuff. You know, if you if you know that exactly, it's all done with a purpose, but it's kind of stripped down. But it's everything's there that you need still. So that's kind of where we're at with this. And also, I haven't. I'm every single day people ask me for the the three songs that we're recording and I don't have them recorded anywhere. Yeah. I, I just have work tapes done on my phone. And so that's kind of the main reason I chose these three. Um, and then from there, we're going to, we're going to probably get a little more, a little more picky about stylistically. Right. But right now there's a kind of a honky tonk song. Um, there's hearts don't really break. Yeah. Then there is uh mad love that I just played. Yeah. Um, which is one of my favorite songs. So, I they're they're gonna sound great, but uh, these are the ones that people keep asking for. Yeah, so I was, it's gonna be like, here you go, you like you asked for them. Yeah, <laughs> like got them. So yeah. yeah, so we'll have music coming out in uh, a couple months, and um, yeah, I think uh, that that's just gonna start that consistency of like you know just bringing new music to the fans mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, you know, I think what's important for everybody listening out there too to know is like, don't just go listen to these songs on Spotify. Make sure to hit that follow button. Um, you know, Apple Music, uh, follow. Um, you know, go to iTunes if you like the song and actually buy it. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and all that thing. I, I, you know, I think um, it's just been so fun to kind of sit back and watch from the sidelines for over 10 years and just be such a, a fan and um you know now yeah. see it finally happening it's just it's it's really it's really cool um yeah. and also like socials talk about like how everybody can uh can follow you and um build all that up uh i mean go follow me it's uh <laughs> like just do it yeah pretty much like AJ Cross, Cross for the K. Um, just go, you know, find me on TikTok is huge right now. Instagram, Spotify is Spotify is the most important. Like if you have Spotify, like for people to go to Spotify and hit the the follow on there, the subscribe, right? Yep. Um, because that's that's what record labels and these clubs that you know I am trying to play at all of them around the country. That's what they look at is how many people are listening to your music on a monthly basis. Yeah, I've I've had this conversation with so many of my guests on this podcast. It's like we talked a little earlier about how you kind of got to you, you, you need all these people in the industry to get behind you at the same time. Right. Yeah. It's and um, it's um, it it is a bit frustrating that, you know, like when Tim was talking to you about two top two percent vocalist in nashville which i i believe and i'd go even further than that and say like you know i'd I'd put you in the top five people i mean just the things that you can do with your vocals i mean i hear hundreds and hundreds of people sing every single year from the listening room and it takes a a lot to turn my head we we had you as one of the unsigned artists of the month back in 2022 and that was why is because like i mean it it just 
I could I could go down a, a huge rabbit hole with this. I just like you're just you're you're so far better as a vocalist, a songwriter, and a guitar player um, than so many people out on radio right now. That it's just like I want to you know just beat the door down to to industry people and go like get out of the data and go back to where it started and listen hmm. listen to the music. But to your point, like it is important for everybody listening out there. Like, unfortunately, although obviously they're still listening to the music and the vocals and the talent and all that, like it matters, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter like it used to. And you're like the, the people that are booking you for clubs or a label or a publisher or whatever it might be, you know, they're going to look at like these list of two, three artists and go, okay. Who's got the most followers on Instagram and TikTok and yep. Spotify? Yep. It's just and, you know, and it's like they look at that before they even listen to anything. So it's like you have taken a couple years off to focus on the right songs and your brand. So, you know, by doing that, you've you've lost a lot of followers on Spotify and, and things like that because yep. um, you're not out there. So that's the frustrating thing is like you have this artist that is on like doing like I'm cooking burgers on my grill. You know, it's not even music related. Yeah. And uh, I'm going down a tangent. Uh, I get really fired up about this, as you know. Um, but it's just like. <laughs> we all do, uh, man. We all do. <laughs> yeah. It, I wish, you know, like um, I sat down with my buddy Rob Williford that was Luke Combs' guitar player for a long time. And he's written like eight songs for Luke and like, um Cameron Marlowe and like I mean just a, he's such a great dude and great songwriter and and awesome guy but we were talking about this and like the metadata and like all that and it's mm-hmm. like it matters so much yeah it shouldn't but it does and that's why I think like again I'll wrap this up in a little cute little bow but if uh if everybody would like do those things and hit follow and subscribe and all of that and share it with with everybody else because they're a fan of AJ Cross, because they love the music, and they're the ones that are, they're the consumer, they're the ones that are listening and going, wow, they're the ones that hopefully are, are listening to this podcast going, I had no idea who this guy was, but these three songs that I've heard about, yeah. and the little that I've heard about your background, they're like, okay, they're new fans, go do all these things, because then the data is going to like rise, and then when the, when the industry people actually hear you, they're going to go, wow, like, that this is right this is the next huge thing so i will stop but yeah it just gets me yeah, so it's, fired it's, up i mean from from what i see and it's if you talk to you talk to anybody and there's a different outlook on it basically is the thing but from what i see it's it's a very like carrot in front of a horse thing you know if if somebody starts getting following on social media all of a sudden the carrots there for record labels and stuff and they start following them and then you know and it's it's um that's that's what it seems like yeah I, I can't figure out a way for me personally to break down the doors of labels and just be like hey like like i want to work with you well, and you know? especially like knowing who you are, like you are, you grew up in, you know, in, in, in the woods, you're, you love to make knives. You love to go to the park with your dog. You love to work on your truck. You love shooting guns. You're a country boy. You love flannel, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, sitting down with your guitar and playing music. You're not a guy that walks around with your phone and is on TikTok all day long. No. And, um, you know, it used to be where you're, where a record label would see talent and go, okay, we've got a whole A&R team and a radio team and all of this, and they would build it. And now they just, they still have those teams. And I, and I love labels. I'm not bashing on labels because people, people can, can do it both ways. They can do it independently and they can do it with a label. So either way is fine. Yeah. But um, the point is that like, it, it seems to me like those people that don't have that talent they're growing all of this stuff because they live on their phone. And then, um, yeah, it's that carrot. Somebody a long time ago told me like music is not about talent. It's about marketing. And 
how do you get music to the world? You market it. So if you're talented and good at marketing, then then you're going to win, obviously. Right. But if you don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a marketing yeah, guy. Yeah. I don't know how to market. I know how to sing. I know how to forge knives. You know, I know how to do all that stuff. But I don't know how to. Marketing to me is a billboard on the side of the road. That's about as far as I know yeah. with that. That's... And there's plenty of people out there that are really good at all of that, the social media and stuff, and they have great talent. Yeah. And yeah, those, those people are going to win. Um, but yeah, it, I, I diverse, but I think, um, the, the point is, um, it's all important, but if it's a guy like you that doesn't, doesn't live on social media, yeah. number one, going back to the main point is it's so important for everybody listening to, to help share your music and follow and subscribe and all of that stuff. But also just to build a team that, um, you know, which I know you're doing and you're bringing people in um, to do that for you and to help you. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm just I'm excited to to watch, you know, these it's, songs start to come out and, and see what happens. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a process learning, learning me and how I do how I do this business. Yeah. Um, for a long time, I've been in the studio singing singing demo vocals that's that's what i've done for a living other than shows and stuff that's what i've done for quite a while now and um for the first when i quit the road with tracy lawrence this has been this has been six years or so now i think Jeez, time freaking flies huh? yeah. um i just blasted everybody email text facebook whatever and said hey i'm available for vocals and it's been full time ever since then. But yeah. when I first started doing that, people would hire me for like say two songs. And the first one they'd be like, "Hey, we want you to sing this like like Justin Bieber." And the next one right after that, they'd be like, "Okay, this is like a George Strait vibe." Okay? And then I would go to the next studio down the street and they'd be like, "Okay, uh we want you to sound like Dolly Parton in this one." You know? <laughs> yeah. Just like over here over there blah blah blah. And I completely lost sight of like how i sing yeah like how do i do this like what what kind of songs do i write because i hear all these different songs every day um even to this day yeah it still gets into my head um and then and then they want me to sing them in all these different ways backstreet boys whatever you know and uh i i fell into that because i was trying to make a living doing it and I was trying to make the best impression and do the best job that I could with it. And I had a session one day that one song, it took six hours. And granted, I was still learning. I was still learning how to be a proper session vocalist. <laughs> and finally, six hours later, I was like on the mic. I was like, guys, I I think you have everything you need. I need I need to go get some food because I'm I'm freaking... I'm freaking falling apart here. And that was the last one that I was like going to now to put it in a nutshell. Now they hire me for how I sing. Yeah. And it's been such a refreshing way to do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's brought me back to who I am. You know, I can, I can sing all their songs. I can sing their Dolly Parton town and song, but I sing it like AJ. Yeah. And it's really put me back into perspective of like who I am. Yeah. You know, and I've worked with producers over the years and stuff, and they, they look me right in the eye and they say, you need to figure out who you are. First off, don't ever say that to somebody. <laughs> because that's just going to, like, okay, let me just dig my own hole here, get in it, and then you can bury me. Go back me, to that cool. septic tank. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, why would you even say that to somebody? Yeah. Like, help them. Help yeah. them, you know? Um. I went off on a tangent there. What were we even talking about? Yeah, I know about? both of us. We're just going down this route. It was just Well, yeah. I, I think it, it's it's all it's all good points and you've figured out through that who you are. Yes, and now what, yeah. like you are you're a great artist. You're building a brand. You have figured that out and now you're gonna put songs out and everybody needs to it's, go follow it. We've uh, yeah, like I have worked on this for a while now trying to find out 
exactly who I am because of all the people that said, you need to figure out who you are. I guess it does work, but that's not the right way to do it. Like, um, yeah. but, uh, and now, and now the pieces have fallen into place and it's, it's really exciting actually. Like, yeah. it's really cool because now I'm like, okay, we can move forward finally rather than just being like, okay, we're trying to figure this out. Like, who am I? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whatever. What do I wear? I wear boots. Yep. That's about all I know. Yeah. My hair goes to the sky and that's just where it stays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's either this or a hat. Yeah. So. I love it. I think you don't change a thing. You figured it all out. And, uh, you know, now it's time to put music out and let uh, let everybody else know who you are. Yeah. So. As I talked to Eric, the producer, and my producer, and and uh, he was at the Taylor Swift concert the other night. And he said he, he th for three hours, he felt like just a little kid. He was so happy. He said, I said, dude, I said, let's do that. Let's yep. put some of that into the into this music we're making. He said, 100%. Absolutely, so, man! Eric, I cannot wait. Eric is a genius, and yep. it's gonna be—it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah. All right. As we wrap up, I always like to end uh, just asking you, and you've worked so hard, and you've talked about so much today. So, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time. Dude, I know, yeah, like, especially on a day that you're about to uh, lay down vocals. Um, but knowing what you know now, and going back to AJ touring in the van with your parents, like all that like it's a little different i think for you because you've been in music literally your entire life yeah but um going through this uh school of hard knocks in nashville what advice would you give yourself if you were talking to eight-year-old aj right now i always wonder that people ask that all the time and there's always there's always an answer that like there's always an answer that you have to give because they want to know right then on the spot. But like, there's so many different answers, but I really think like, like, cause with music, we're trying to be genuine. We're trying to be original to ourselves, you know, but it's really hard to do when there's a formula, right? So learning the formula, but learning how to do it how you do it mm. is, is like, that's really important for music, you know? Um, like take like Eric Church, for example. Like he's, like there's a lot of people right here in this, in this group and then he's, he's over here, but he's still like you know how the circles like yeah intertwine right like he's still touching it you know what i mean he's still in radio mm. but it sets him apart and like like figure out how to like rather be in in that circle how to touch the circle how to connect to the circle you know um but still be your own circle trendsetter <laughs> It's a lot of circles. That's a lot of circles. <laughs> that's, that's, I feel like I'm going in circles no, all day it's, sometimes. It's, that's awesome, man. Man, it's, um, it's great advice. I mean, you're talking about like Eric Church, like what a what a marketing genius going back to marketing, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah I, I think if I'm hearing you correctly, yeah, like what you would take away is like just to to kind of kind of what you were talking about, to figure out how to be yourself and be be a part of that overall group of country music, right? But but don't don't be a mold of what somebody wants you to be or what somebody else is already doing. Be yourself and figure out how to do it like that. Circles. <laughs> circles. Yeah. Jeez. That's going to be the name of this podcast. Circles. So many, so many circles. Uh, uh, right. Like one time somebody told me, which actually was really good advice. He said, always answer your phone. Mm. Um, and and it, it makes a lot of sense because like, like as singers and stuff, like there's, as musicians and songwriters, there's a lot of... A lot of highs, a lot of lows. There's a lot of like, you know, great feelings, and there's a lot of like minor depression. Yeah. And um, you gotta always answer your phone, because like, there's a lot of times for like, people won't answer their phone, but and they'll miss out on something that could, 
could have changed your life forever. That one phone call. Yeah. But they didn't know. Ah, it looks like spam or whatever. But if it's like a 615 Nashville number, like, <laughs> you got to answer it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. That's great. Well, man, thank you so much. I can't wait to, uh, again, watch all of this music and everything happen. Um, but also, like, come back and do this again a year or so down the road and talk about, like, yeah, where you are right now and then where you are then. Because I just, I know it's, it's, um, it's going to happen, man. Yeah, man. It's so. it's moving forward. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to get bigger and better stages every day and, you know, just write great songs with great people. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Chris. This has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you go follow AJ at AJ Cross, Cross with a K. Look him up on Spotify. Instagram, TikTok, all the places. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue to bring great artists like this. We appreciate the support so much and we can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.